Hey, everyone. Hey, he. Hi. Hello. Hi. Ah, God, I'll start one of these podcasts right one of these days. Uh, hey, it's me, Jeff May. Welcome to the show. I have cool friends and I have a show called Jeff has cool friends. You're listening. Uh, so that's cool. Good for all of us. Uh, I'm very excited to have my very cool friend joining me today. He is a incredibly talented voice actor, standard actor, too. I, don't, I didn't have to put voice in front of it. You're an incredible actor. Also a sculptor. Uh, which is very fascinating. Very excited. Uh, let's give it up for the amazing AJ Locasio. AJ, hi. Hey, that's hey. It's it's thank good you. to speak to you for the first time <laughs> during this process. <laughs> yes, we haven't been sitting here for forty minutes. Uh, yeah, I, but wow, what an intro. I don't. Yeah, I, it's funny you say sculptor because I don't think about that. You know, well, like you you are. I know, it's, but I don't think about it. Like it's just something that I do. Like. For me, it's like eating, where I'm like, I have to do this or I'll have an anxiety attack. Yeah, I guess if I introduced you as an eater. An eater, yeah. He would be like, what the hell? Carnivorous, yeah, uh, yeah. Hello. Yeah, here's this this monster, this human monster. <laughs> um, AJ, you are uh, this super accomplished voice mimic, as well as a very talented, uh, I mean, your actor, obviously, but this mimic, it's funny because we actually met um, through how I meet a lot of my guests, actually, which is through Jen Muro. Right. Yeah. Jen Muro is a facilitator. Aside from being like, if I, I have her on the show and I have to, I should be like, let's give it up for the amazingly talented writer and, uh, and agent of friendship. Yeah, that's Jen true. Muro. She really, she likes to gather people and be like, hey, because we met through, she had written Forces of Destiny, that Star Wars short, and then- Yeah, you were Han. And I was Han in that, which is insane. I still don't process that at all. Uh, well, we're going to talk about that. Well, that's fine. That, that, that's cool as shit. It's and, and super we will, cool. <laughs> we, we, we will talk about that. Yeah, she's like, this is my Han. Because I, I met you at the same time as I met Shelby Young, who was right. your Leia. Yes. Um, and uh, you you two are both like really talented uh, voice matches. Well, thank you. And you found yourself in this really cool bubble of do of being just the coolest characters. Like you get to be <laughs> the coolest characters. And that is wild to me. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, but I have no, there's no means of processing. Like I can't, I, I, I yes. <laughs> I, I remember as a kid, like I, my parents made me go to this God awful beauty pageant, which I, I hate telling this story, but they asked me, um, cause I don't know why, I don't know what's, my parents are bizarre. Um, but they had me like throw a thing over my shoulder and then they asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they told me, tell them you want to be a financial planner. That'll be really cute. Cause that's what your dad does. And I was like, no, it's stupid. And so when I went up there, I was like, I want to be a Ninja Turtle. And like, that was, and everyone was like, ha ha ha. And I was like, I'll show you, you know, <laughs> like for me, I meant it. And so like, that's my whole life is chasing that. Like, I, I just love these characters so much. I want to inhabit and breathe life into all of them. And so to get to do that on any level in any of them is, is uh, the greatest honor and surreal. You'd think that I'd celebrate too. Like, it's like, I voiced Marty McFly. I get to feel really good about that. There's no part of me that will ever feel good about anything. I'll always just be like in shock, you know? <laughs> yeah. You, it's funny too, because when you have, uh, I saw that you, Marty McFly was one of the earliest, um, sort of like official gigs that you got when you were playing him in the, uh, in the video games, Blitz Through Time, Back to the Future of the Game, oh, yeah. as well as, uh, I think it's called Zen Pinball. Yeah, that was a weird thing, but yes. So I, I did some research and you 
cold called to get this gig. Yeah. Like, explain that to me. <laughs> How dare you? How dare I? First uh, off. It's one of those stories that, like, if I heard someone else tell it, I'd hate them. And uh, But it is also just, it's the, my friend Dan uh, Milano always says, the naive will inherit the earth, where it's this feeling like, if you don't know that you shouldn't do this and then you do it and it works out, that's kind of this like bizarre. I, someone would have told me, hey, man, you need an agent in order to get this role. That's the only way you're going to get this role. And so if I had been in Hollywood and I was already acting and stuff, that's how I would have approached it. But in this case, I was like, screw it. I'm just some random guy. Like my cousin was like, hey, call this company. Tell me to do a great Marty McFly impression and uh, and see what happens. And I was like, OK. Um I was even on my way somewhere when he called me because all day I'd been thinking about it because I saw the press release about it. And I was on my way someplace and I literally like spun my car around and put the Back to the Future soundtrack on and drove back home and then just found the website for Telltale, who at the time was an incredibly small indie company. So all yeah, their info not, was Not just, so much now. No, not well now they don't exist. But um, they like basically all their info was just there. So I could just call anyone I wanted. And um, because it was back in the day where nobody thought, like I had YouTube videos with my phone number on it like years ago, which now it seems absolutely batshit ludicrous, you know, like. Yeah. um, But at the time, they just had everyone's number there. So I called up Rhoda, uh, who was the accountant there, and I just left a message. The accountant. The accountant, yeah. And I was like, hey, my name is Adrian Locasio. I do a pretty good Marty McFly impression. And uh, and I just started doing this thing and left this message. And yeah, and I guess. Tell the rest of the story in that voice, because that just freaked me out. (laughs) I'm older now, too. So it's been like 12 years. So I now feel self-conscious about the fact that my voice is deeper, you know? So it's like. No, it's not what you think. Okay, good. Well, that's what I, I I am like. No, I don't. I don't sound like I'm 19 anymore. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, so I call. um, I, I, you know, I leave the message and I think, I don't, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to hear back from them. So I, uh, you know, I just kind of forget about it. And then I get an email that says, uh, hey, you know, you did a pretty good Marty McFly. Why don't you, uh, why don't you audition for us? Anyway, I got to stop. Uh, so God, that's so good though. <laughs> Holy, like, that's insane. It's, thank you. I, I miss doing Marty so much. Like I miss doing that voice. Like it's such a bizarre, it's a, it's such a comfortable voice for me. And it's also just something that's easy to put on. So like. Like Harrison Ford is a whole persona. There's a whole thing to it. He's, he's, he's also, and I've said this on other podcasts and stuff, where it's much harder to do, to just drop into Harrison Ford. I, I do vocal warm-ups. He's also very, like, laconic and very sort of, there's, a, there's an attitude to him. Whereas Marty's just a way of talking. It's kind yeah, of like... Yeah, he's got a very specific He's cadence. got a specific cadence, specific voice, so it's very easy to slip that on. Um or like Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is not a very interesting person to impersonate. You know, it's a different sort of thing where it's like, yeah, cool. Well, it's like not. But Marty is like putting on a hat. It's just it fits. But anyway, um, I did this audition where I recorded a couple of lines or I recorded some lines from the movie like, Doc, the bruise, the bruise on your head. I know that it happened. You know, you told me the whole story, like that whole thing. I did that mm-hmm. like full on out, like full out with a rock band mic. Because uh, it was the only sort of USB microphone I could think of at the time. I love that. It's well that at the time the, a USB mic from Rock Band. Yeah, because I didn't, you know, given the time it was, a USB microphone was not common. You know, like now mm. you can get that anywhere, but uh, you wouldn't just go to Walmart and get a USB microphone. That was not. It was a different time, <laughs> so that's mm. all I could think to do. 
Um, but then, yeah, I sent it, didn't hear anything back. I was extremely clinically depressed uh, because I just finished college, didn't even know what depression was, so I wasn't on meds for it or anything. And one of my friends was like, do you want to move to L.A. and be my roommate? And I was like, okay. So I just moved out to L.A., and then once I got here, I got a call that was like, hey, you know, like, it's between you and, a, and one other dude. I was like, what? So they had me re-audition um, with actual lines from the game. And so I sent it out and then I got a call that was like, hey, you know, like we're still figuring it out, but we pretty sure you're the guy. And I was like, what? Like you guys they know. Shouldn't I shouldn't have said that to you. Yeah, I know. It was really wild. I remember talking to my buddy now. He's now my friend Julian, um, who was just kind of like, he called me and I remember pacing in this empty, like room in my apartment because we couldn't afford anything. So there was nothing yeah. in there but trash. And uh, just being like, what? And they're like, yeah, so Bob Gale and Christopher Lloyd have heard, and they're really impressed, but, like, we know you're not an actor, and, you know, like, we don't, you're not in SAG or anything, so we, we're not sure. And, and then they called me, and they were like, hey, we're going to Taft-Hartley you into SAG uh, or AFTRA. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. And they were like, and so they explained, like, oh, it means we get you into the union, and it was, it was nuts. So they flew me out there, and... Um, oh, where was, was it? It was in... Uh, Oh God! Uh, tell it's outside of San Francisco, uh, Fairfax, Fairfax-ish, oh, okay. San Rafael. Because um, I was like, they weren't just here in LA. No, that's the crazy thing is they flew me up north. It was only like an hour, but uh, I've never been so nervous in my life. You know, like I, who am I, this imposter? <laughs> you know, like I didn't. I mean, eat. literally, yes. That's yes, exactly. The job I, you got was, I, was to, to be, to be an, an imposter. imposter. It's crazy, but I was like, yeah, to say I. I lost like 10 pounds of, and I was bone thin as it was. So you see me in that interview, just like completely wired and like my, like a skull, just like, ah, yeah, ah, you know, like I'm so out of it. They're but, like, wow, uh, he's into character right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Man, I was so nervous. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 I did my first session. They were like, okay. And then it went from there. So it was a really bizarre Really, really, really lucky, really strange, just kind of the the a fool's luck, you know, where it's like, I don't know, sure, I do an impression. So that was the beginning of that. I mean, it's funny that they were like, ah, you're not an actor. And it's like, I don't know, you heard the impression. That seems pretty acty. Right, yeah, that's acting, I guess. I mean, like, I, I guess there's so much of what, uh, you know, the stigma of like even like being a voice actor, like, oh, you're a voice. People say this all the time to me where or any voice actor where they go, oh, you're an actor, you're a voice actor. Do you do real acting? And that's the amount of times I've been asked that is crazy because I think that even within voice acting, there's a stigma that you don't you can't act. You're doing you're doing voices. And so it's I, acting. It is acting. I mean, acting with at, with your full body without yeah. being able to show it. It's uh, a type of acting. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where, and that's why like, and funny in my intro, I, I figure I didn't know how to phrase it when you, I was like, did, I think I, I, I don't know. I said standard actor or like live action actor. Like I didn't know how to describe it, but I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. It's, you know? it's a weird, it's, it's voice acting's acting. It's all acting, but uh, yeah, some voice actors very strongly identify with like, I am a voice actor. I'm not an actor. I'm a voice actor. And it's like, all right, you know, and then other people are like, I'm just an actor. Uh, so it's all, I don't know. I don't really care. Uh, the fact that I stay in any capacity that I'm an actor still is weird to me. Like my family was always like, don't become an actor. You'll be a loser. You know, <laughs> like that was sort of the general motto of like, don't be an actor. You'll be a loser was something they used to say. So I still That's have. A, what yeah. a weird, what, I mean, I guess, where are you from? Jersey. Okay. Yeah. That so they're tracks. all crap. They're, they're all it's my very family. East Coast. Yeah. 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 Very. 
people, and, I, and I'm not saying New Jersey, I'm saying my family specifically, very, very <laughs> toxic uh, human beings, and I have no shame in saying that. They're, they're not good people. You know, I was really good at impressions as a kid. Like, it was something that I really, and I, like, practiced them, and I did them a lot. And then I think I was doing an impression of Woody Allen <laughs> that I had gotten from In Living Color. So I was doing an impression of an impression. I didn't know right, who right, Woody right. Allen was at the time. I was probably 11. Right. And I did the impression, and my dad just, and, and it was like, yeah, Woody Allen, or whatever, you know. Yeah, right, right, yeah. My dad just goes, well, then why don't you sound like him? And that turned me off. Oh man! And like it, it like embarrassed it's so me. So deeply embarrassing for yeah. for a parent. Sorry, can I curse on this? Is that yes? We I, we prefer it. Okay, actually. good, good, good. Yeah, that's um, so degrading and so yeah, like yeah. I know that feeling very. well. Are you from the East Coast or? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm from Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so sorry. When I think she's... it's just. I mean, my dad. Let's see. If I was 11, that means my dad was like 32. Right. So like. I understand maybe that he didn't, you know, he came from like a talk relatively toxic existence too. like, right. you know, I have, I don't have a great relationship with my dad, but I also don't like, I kind of understand a lot of the that he was going through as a, as a very young father in the eighties. Yeah. But at the same time, I remember that and just being like, well, I guess I'm not going to do this anymore. Oh, that's such a linchpin. It's such a, um, it's, the it's such a turning point. If he were to go, yeah. oh my God, that's really good. You, you, the whole trajectory of your life, you know, you yeah. could be an impressionist, and not yeah. that that yeah. maybe you, maybe you dodged a bullet, um, or, or like, or like, how could we make it better? Yeah, you know, like that constructive aspect. My dad wanted sports kids, mm. yeah, and he did not get them with my brother and I. Uh, good, he got nerds. <laughs> good, he got Spite nerds. him for wanting them. I mean, it's funny. The only support I have ever really gotten from my dad has been at athletic events. Has been at like, you know, he, he would have come to like a football game that I, and I hated football. Right. Uh, and I wasn't good at it, but he came to that and he came to the Golden Gloves when I fought. Um, and that's it. Like that's the only real support was athletic. And it's like, I make my money being a nerd now. Right, right, right. I was never going to make money being an athlete. Right. Yeah. Like never. Even at the time when, when I was like, my dad was like, oh, is this what you want to do? You want to go through with it for the long term with boxing? And I was like, no. I yeah. was like 19 at the time. I was like, no, I don't want to get brain damage. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. I want to not be fat anymore because I personally didn't want that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that, that worked for me. But yeah, it is, it is a bummer when you're not supported. But I also feel like it's a bummer if you're overly supported. There's there's definitely a middle ground. I My family was kind of, I guess in a way, kind of the middle ground where there were certain things where, like, as, for as much as my family was like, don't become an actor, they were like, my dad was super into like karaoke and doing Elvis impressions and Jerry Lewis and like he had his side. Yeah, it's super bizarre. He like was acting. He was acting. He, he constantly wanted to be and still wants to be an actor to some degree, but there was this feeling of... If the if you if you screw up, it's like the ultimate screw up. Like you need to have a stable family. You need to have you know. He was always like, because I went to school for film initially, which was a which was a struggle. Um, ultimately, they were like, 
this, this is all this kid's going to do. Like, this kid's going to do something creative. There's no way we can push him into anything else. My dad was always like, you got a minor in business or something. And then I went to an art school where they don't even have math classes. So I was like, yeah. well, whoops. Uh, <laughs> You're like, I'm, I minored in, in art. Yeah. And majored also in art. It's, it's, there wasn't even minors in my school. It was just like, you do film. And I was like, cool. Um, <laughs> there was actually when I went on, on the tour, I asked them, I was like, you guys don't have math classes, right? And they're like, no. And I was like, cool, this is where I'm going. Um, <laughs> so... Shout out to School of Visual Arts, which is one of the most useless schools on earth. Uh, it's great. Art school, art yeah. schools are great, and then also, are they? Yeah, exactly. It's great if you're going to take the tools that they give you and you're going to find the professors that really get it. Like, if you can find the people that are like, I believe in you, and here, let's talk about it. Like, that is the greatest, and that's the experience I had, but watching other people who are like, I just want to make skate videos or videos about people ODing, like those kids dropped out or didn't do, you know, like there was, yeah. they wanted to get away with something or didn't have anything to really, I, I sound very elitist, not that they didn't have anything to say. There was just like a sense of like, I'm just doing this because, yeah, it's cool. Um, and they they didn't use the resources. I don't know, that sounds really, I, I sound mean. I don't know. Uh, I, I would say it's <laughs> it's not mean necessarily diagnosing it. If <laughs> right. you were like, these losers couldn't do it. But if you like see what is an obvious problem and, there may have been other things. They may have been rudderless, but they also might have run out of money or or realized right. they were rudderless and switched their majors or whatever. Like, I feel like there's a lot to it. You know, I there was the stuff that I wanted to do. I wanted to be a performer, but I also was like, I'm just going to be a regular person in a regular job, which turns out that's what performers are too. Right. <laughs> um, but like at the time, I was just like, you know, I was like, I got into teaching major and did that for 10 years. And I, after leaving, I was like, I really, I didn't waste those 10 years. I loved working with those kids. I loved doing that job. And I feel like that job did prep me for a lot of the entertainment industry in the regards of like dealing with unruly audiences and stuff. Like <laughs> kids are but the most the unruly time, audience. Yeah. I used to teach gymnastics. So. Starting in the entertainment world when you are 30, going on 31. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Let me tell you, uh, ageism is, it's even real when you're not that old. Yeah. I, I mean, geez, going into even voiceover or, or anything and be like, oh, you're 20 something. It's like, oh boy, you should have started when you were six. You know, like you want to get into acting now, you know, like there's, that's definitely something that would come up a lot. Cause I sort of butt up against the idea of like, do I want to do theatrical stuff? Like, do I want to do TV? And then the more time I spent in voiceover, the more I realized how absolutely across the board miserable those people are. So I was like, ah, okay, I'm here for to try to seek joy. <laughs> and uh, and learning that there's a reason I had uh, sort of a, have avoided it. I mean, it's one thing to make things with your friends or people you really like, but like to just be you know, I don't know. But anyway, there's a lot of, there is, there's so much stigma of like, you want to get in the what? You know, at but I mean, age, you wouldn't turn your turn away from those gigs. I don't know. It depends on the situation. I I might, um, depending on. It's, there's so many crappy. You didn't toxic, turn down bathroom guy from Pain and Gain. That was not. I was not in that. I just dubbed it. So. <laughs> well, that's fair then. Yeah, there was he. It's the airplane dub where he says. Just flew out of my ass, and I was like, I basically just went poop, and then, so he goes poop, flew out of my ass, and I was like, all right, cool, hell yeah. I, I don't know. I wouldn't turn it down if it was with people that I, I enjoyed, but I found myself act uh, like I did commercial auditions for a while. And eventually I just told my agents, I was like, listen, 
this sucks. I hate this. I'm not doing this. I don't want to ever do this ever again. It's it's funny because uh, I'm going to compliment you now. Oh, it's yeah. Exciting. I'm not uh, ready. You're very handsome, and you look oh, like an actor. You. Oh, thank you. You look like a, a live-action actor, but you're like, F- it, which I kind of love well, th- in that regard that you're like, that's- I have no interest in that, but it's uh, pretty rad. Well, thank you. I I appreciate that. I don't get people don't tell me I'm pretty. Uh, I don't. It's to me. It's all about like where is the quality of life? Where is the joy in my? You know, we're all seeking joy in our own ways, and I think that most people think that if I get this, if I become famous, if people adore me, I'll I'll feel fulfilled. And I'm noticed. You know, maybe there's like Paul Rudd is probably pretty happy. You know, like I. But except for when he tries to go and do anything. I, would he, is he always mobbed? Is that the... Well, I would assume yeah. so, right? But like that to me seems like such a miserable existence. I've talked to friends of mine that have been voice actors for years and they, you know, we have friends that do on-camera stuff and, you know, they're always, they're always miserable. They're always upset. They're always, you know, like it's, I get to be gizmo or something that I wouldn't ever be normally because I don't have to look a certain way or act mm-hmm. a certain, like it's just always fighting against the the physicality and then also just People don't treat you the same in on-camera stuff as they do in voiceover. In voiceover, yeah. people are, they're nerds. You know, like most of the time you deal with people, it's like, oh my God, you read this issue of X-Men or you whatever it is. Like there's this thing you connect with. But I find that people tend to be very elitist in the on-camera world. Where it's like, go ahead, impress me. You know, and that's not, I just don't thrive on that kind of uh, energy or that those sorts of social interactions. The few times I've butt up against that within the VO world where you meet someone who does oh, I came from on camera and now I'm casting motion capture. Things just feel wrong. You're like, I don't want to work with those people. They're very, they don't, you know. So I, I guess that was sort of a mushy way of saying like, I I love voiceover. I feel very fortunate to work in voiceover. I would do on camera stuff if it felt like, oh, okay, this is cool. These people are cool. But for the most part, my experiences have been very negative. It's a shallow world. It's extremely. A shallow, it's an aesthetic world is what yeah. it is. And it's like, oh, you know, you're... You know, oh, this person's uh, slightly overweight. They're not overweight enough to be the archetype, and they're not the quote-unquote appropriate weight enough to be a regular person. Right. Uh, or like, you know, this person's hair is thinning. Right. Or, you know, this person has a scar. Yeah. So they clearly can't be good. Like, it's very rare that you see people sort of break out of that mold. Right. It's it, And it's also just... Again, that the quality of life, you're always moving, you're always doing stuff. You know, there's a reason most celebrities don't stay with their partner for very long or that, you know, they become addicted to drugs or the pressure that you're under to sustain that lifestyle and to always just be like, smile for the camera is so massive. And so, um, and we don't think about it. We don't think the pressure we put celebrities under, the paparazzi, you know, depending on what level you're at and the constant need to deliver at a hundred all the time in front of people is insane. Um, Whereas voiceover, you slide in your PJs, you get to make some voices. You're not allowed to be there for more than four hours, you know, and then you're out. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a much, and also again, it's a much kinder world because everyone that that's there, you talk about like, oh man, I love gummy bears or whatever it is, or I love ducktails, yeah. and everyone gets it. You say that to someone typically in live action stuff, and they're like, excuse me. Uh, so there's, yeah, there's a bit of haughtiness. I always think it's funny when, you know, you see all the people that are very talented voice actors doing stuff regularly, and then when a commercial, you see a cartoon coming out, and they're like, featuring the voice of Brad Pitt. I'm like, is yeah. that selling tickets? It's not. No one's going to see. I like... 
yeah, like Rescue that's Rangers. So like, I love those two actors are really funny, but I was like, that's not gonna. I, they could have sped their voices up and had it been literally anyone, and I would have been happier, honestly. Right. It would have been. I guess the only way that one works specifically is because they're playing actors. Right, which I, I haven't seen it yet, but I was really turned off by the fact that they had normally sounding. Even if it was them with their voices sped up, I probably would have been like, oh, okay. But yeah, it, it's definitely it's definitely strange. I, I always wonder about like decisions that are made in in the production aspect or casting and like whether or not those have a financial. Because when you look at like some of Disney's biggest movies and you look at like Aladdin or, or, you know, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. These aren't, you know, Little Mermaid, Jody Benson. Right. Right? Great. A legend in VO and, and such right. a great talent and everything like that. But you didn't need, you didn't need it to be Julia Roberts at the time. Right. I, like, I what, just go with what's honest. I think that's the thing is like, go with people that feel right. I mean, yeah. now we're, it's, yeah, I, I think we're, so distracted by the fact that that there might be one person that buys a ticket because you cast so and so from this thing, you know, like, but it's, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to know who it is, honestly. Like, when I, if I'm watching, like, I remember like Hugh Jackman and Happy Feet, and I was like, Bleh, I don't want to hear, I don't want to think of Hugh Jackman as Happy Feet and Happy you Feet. Know, there's a similar feeling that I have, speaking of Hugh Jackman, is in X Men Apocalypse <laughs> when they had Psylocke and they gave her that like titty window. <laughs> right, like a triangle yes. to show her cleavage. Yeah, and I was like, "Did that? Did that sell an extra ticket?" She has like, something like that in like, the comics. Oh, right? see Olivia Munn's cleavage. Like I, that that whole movie, I sort of don't. I don't have strong memories of that movie. I just kind of saw it and went, "Okay." <laughs> so I well, it's bad. I, oh, okay. Yeah, I love. But, I just recently read some apocalypse stuff, and I'm like, "Man, I love that character. I wish they would have done something a little different with him." You know, that. it's like they got Oscar Isaac to play the damn character and you still, it's so bad. It's not, yeah, not, not my favorite thing. I got to be careful. I'm working for Marvel, so I got to. You are, you are. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'll say it. Okay, yeah, good. You, yeah, you're, it says here that you are working on X-Men 97. I am, which I can't say anything you, about. You sure can't. In any I, capacity. I, I recognize that, uh, <laughs> that you can't. I just hope it's a character or characters that you've always wanted to work on. Uh, Can't say or, anything. I could just I be some guy in the background going, "Go, go get them, X Men's and women." Uh, it might go be that. Go get them, X Men's. Go get them. Hey, you all are a bunch of great people. I really support you. Yay, mutants! Yeah. Uh, mutants rule. I friend. love them. That's that's who I play. I play a guy who constantly keeps popping up, going, "Boy, these mutants! I love them all. All of them are like, favorites." John C. Like Riley, basically, like the Batman Forever guy that went, "Yeah, Batman! Yeah, Batman! He's my favorite dude." That yeah, the guy. Batman, and then the guy uh, is boiling acid. Oh, so yeah. on the on Tom and Jeff watch Batman when we did it, we did probably fifteen minutes just talking about that guy. That's boiling acid. <laughs> I love you know, that, that performance is so good. He's all like that's in in a Schumacher movie, but everybody seems to forget in the Dark Knight everything any cop says that uh, isn't Jim same. Gordon is yes. the dumbest thing in the world. We're like turkeys on Thanksgiving down here. Yeah. Like yeah, they oh, all. Daddy! Good. Yeah. It's like a helicopter with your friends in it just crashed. Yeah. It's, Why it's, are you mugging for the camera, sir? I love it. I love the dumb, like, yeah. It's the it's the sort of Spider-Man one, like, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Like, I like that anyone inhabiting the city 
of Gotham or New York or whatever it is has is just not super together. Like I, I enjoy that they're all kind of stupid. Uh, that reminds me of when Endgame came out. And one of my friends just goes, it would have been really great to see one of those um, sling ring portals open up and just have all the people from New York being like, you mess with Captain America, you mess with us. <laughs> oh, man, throwing I love that. Throwing at Thanos. Yeah, that would be great. They're just, yeah, they're throwing like hubcaps and, and, and ketchup bottles and yeah. Yeah, one guy has his own Mjolnir. That'd be yeah, so yeah, funny yeah. if the Mjolnir came back and then it just went to some dirt Some random New Yorker. Brooklyn Bridge. Perfect. I love that. I'm all about hey, that. Hey, I got a new f- Hammer over here, huh? <laughs> I guess I'll some wordy brains in. That'd be so funny if Thanos came up and just some wise guy with a ball peen hammer just hit him right in the back of the head. Be great, and that's it. That's what kills Thanos. That's the end of him. Yeah, wouldn't that be great if that's what did it? That's really what <laughs> took him out. That would be perfect. That's all I want. So uh, <laughs> now, so back to the, you did Back to the Future. Obviously, we, we talked about that, but then you you do a bunch of interesting things, and I actually messaged you because I. When I'm like doing random shit at my house, I like to have like little pop culture documentaries on and, and oh, YouTube's a right. really yes. great spot for that. And I was watching like a 10 things you didn't know about the naked gun mm. from, I believe it's Minty Fresh or whatever, or, uh, or whatever. And Minty I, Comedic Arts, yeah. right? Is that his name? I don't, yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of like his stuff. Like it's interesting. Sometimes he'll have a weird theory about something that I'm like, no, that's just wrong. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I've been enjoying his stuff. It's fun to watch. And one of the things he's like, there was a video game uh, where uh, Lieutenant uh, Frank Drebin Jr. voiced by AJ Lacasio. And I was like, oh, I know that guy. And so I messaged <laughs> you and was like, hey, you're showing up in my, in my, in my, my, my stuff I'm watching. And you were like, oh yeah, that game. Yeah. That must have been a fun game to work on, right? It was strange. Um, uh, it was so. It was the first thing I'd done after Back to the Future, and it was. I guess these guys had um, very nice guys. It was a very weird situation. I didn't understand the situation with the game really at all. But they were like, "Hey, we saw you do Marty. Can you also do a Frank Drebin? Like, you don't have to send like sound like Leslie Nielsen. Just do." something akin to that sort of tone and I was like okay and so we went back and forth for a long time like I would go I was working at Spike TV uh, as an editor and I'd go record in their booth because you're a man because I'm a man I I mean at the time it wasn't I wasn't technically working for the Spike division but it was like their digital games department it was very strange it was a very weird place to work that was TV Um, for mans you fall to men's. Don't you remember the man show? I thankfully didn't have anything to do with any any of that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, we just kind of went back and forth, and I, they were like, okay, cool, like, come record in our studio. And I went to some weird place in, like, Fullerton where there was a fridge that was running, and they had to, like, it was just, like, they had a sliding glass door with, like, wires sticking out of it and a mini fridge that made a lot of noise, and... It was just all a mess. I don't know. It was, it was, uh, I, I, it's not something that I, I hope everyone doesn't notice it, you know, very nice crew, but I think they were even like, we don't know what we're doing. Um, it was a very, they're very, figuring it out. Yeah. It was, um, I think a microtransaction kind of thing too, as well. I, it was like 11 years ago and I'm, I'm, you know, I was really appreciative that they reached out to me. I was like, yeah, sure. What do you want me to do? Okay, cool. Yay. Um, so I was just like, whatever, you know. Yeah. But, well, it's uh, weird because like you're like, is there a market for this? Yeah, it was it was odd. I don't remember much about it other than the whole time me being like, oh, okay. 
uh, all right. And then it came out kind of. Uh, I, it like had a really weird release that I don't. It was never released like physically. I think it was just like a phone game. I'm not. It, that sounds about right. It, of all the things I've done, it's one of the things that I'm like I don't. I don't have much to say on it other than I guess I did that. Um, so yeah. At one point, you did another game where you voiced Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Thirty Flights Eleven. Which yeah, I, what what is that game exactly? So it's an indie game by um, oh god, Brendan. I think it's Brendan Chung. Um, it's this short little. Uh, how would you, I just? I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's a very quick little game where you're running around. Um, running through this little world and it's it's very surreal and it's really hard to describe honestly I don't think I can describe it but they did a, a mode where everyone in the world is Jeff Goldblum and um, uh, someone messaged me I was like can you do a Jeff Goldblum impression I was like no yeah that's just changing the octave on Marty McFly <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah and I was like no not really uh, wh what do you need and they're like well we just need Goldblum noises so I was like okay uh, and they were uh, like so I was uh, like give uh, me like an hour yeah I was like let me think about this and listen to him and so I just listened to a bunch of sorry that's my Chihuahuas. So yeah, I listened to this all this reference, and then I just sent him a file of me going, oh, oh yes, right, yes, I have cars, I've got and it's all just that. It's just those like, ah, oh, yeah, right, right. So there's, and I didn't know what they were going to do with it, but in this gold bloom mode, it's just you know dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of gold blooms all running around, just going, right, right, yes, I've cars, I've cars, yes, I, it's kind of brilliant. It's very strange, yeah, and um, yeah, I, so. I hadn't had a Goldblum impression before that, and now it's something that I use randomly for fun. Have you uh, have you ever seen him do his jazz night thing? I've seen him do it twice. Uh, yeah, there's a photo of me out there where I he was. I went um, a couple years ago, obviously pre-pandemic, and uh, the, he was he would hug all the women, but all the men he would just stand there. He sure would hug. He all sure the women. would. And so he and get, you he, had to sit there and take it, and we I, just let that happen. <laughs> so I went up to him and I was like, "Hey, can we take a photo? But can you hug me the way you hug the women?" And he goes, "Oh yes, of guards, of guards, yes, right, right, right." And so he grabs me and just starts pulsate, like he pulsates his hands. He goes, "Ung ung, ung ung, ung ung," and I was like, "All right." And so we're taking this photo, and I was like, "And my, I'm just grinning ear to ear because it's the most bizarre experience, where he's just, yeah, he's like, "Ooh, yeah, it's very sad." So what's your name? And I was like AJ. He's like AJ. Very nice. Very nice jacket. Uh, ooh, leather jacket, and um, <laughs> very surreal. So there's this photo of me just grinning uh, with Jeff Goldman. Very bizarre in the best it's, way. I was talking, and I, and I ended up turning this into a tweet. So it's not one of those things where I like to like read off a tweet, but at the same time, <laughs> where I was just like, if he wasn't famous and he acted like that, he would get his ass beat all the time. It's he's he's like, oh, like he a human to... octopus. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, he just walks yeah. around rubbing everything in sight. Uh, yeah, like I'm gonna uh, smell smell your hair. Uh, I, I, get your essence of um mm, your essence of uh, of being being. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't. I often he's an interesting study. He's an interesting person to watch because he's the way he is with people. He is with objects. He is with everything. He has such a textural fascination with this with the energy of everything in existence. Like there's a, there's a thing. Where it's just him buying pasta, like he's he's about to go make food. He's going ooh, a uh, uh, tube noodle noodle tube. Ah, delicious, right? He he just every object he fixates on, and it's so funny to go him through a grocery store and just be like, ah, beautiful carrots, carrots. Yes, I love a carrot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like cool, man. Very, uh, turgid, uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that, that that's that is really great that you played just infinity, infinity uh, gold, gold blooms. blooms. Yeah. Um, now, uh, with Jurassic Park, obviously, uh, obviously, obviously, right? Uh, yeah, they got a shirt off. Um, but you actually play a different character in the Jurassic World franchise. Yes, uh, I do Owen Grady, which is nuts because it's 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 Jurassic adjacent. It's not Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic World. But yeah, I get to. I just recently did some stuff with. Sam Neill and Laura Dern, which was wild. Uh, like you in the studio? No, that's the that's the stinky part. Yeah. Is that I we, well, they weren't there because of COVID and all that stuff. But like I got to, they would play their lines and then I'd respond. And um, uh, yeah, I do a lot of Chris Pratt's stuff. Yeah, because you did um, you do the Lego Jurassic World. Yeah, so uh, you, you connect to a bunch of those, and then all but, the Lego movie stuff as well. Just like Emmett. That's is, the thing I was going to say. Is they yeah. also you, you're a big. Lego, you're like nine Lego characters. <laughs> Do yeah. they have a Lego Frank Drebin? No, God, no. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe one day. But, yeah, because uh, you're, yeah, and like, so Jurassic World Revealed, Jurassic World Evolution, the the Lego Jurassic World. Yeah, there's a there's quite a few of them. I've kind of lost track. And then for Lego Movie, I did a bunch of uh, shorts and things. And, you know, for Lego Movie 2, they were just pumping out stuff. So I even did one of those... Um, What's that app? It's like Calm or something. It's like a, it's yeah. a meditation app. But I did mm-hmm. it as Emmett from Lego Movie, being like, "All right, now you're gonna feel awesome." Like it was super strange because it was me whispering, encouraging and and peaceful. I think it's called like mindful or something. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was Emmett from Lego Movie walking a child through meditation, which was. A very, very odd experience, and it was very funny to, like, talk to the sound tech, and I'm like, what are we doing? He's like, I don't know, man. (laughs) Like, Pratt seems like a... I'm wavering between easier and more difficult because his cadence, it's... He doesn't have like a specific cadence, or at least it seems it, but so it's really just you are 100% needing to match a voice. It's a weird, it's a weird one. Like I've heard, I've definitely heard other people do a Chris Pratt impression and there's like a, yeah, there's like a sound, almost like an Owen Wilson sound with a twang to him. But like, I'm lucky that like for what they've mostly brought me in for is they're like, just do your thing. Like do your version of Emmett or do your version of Owen. Like people don't seem to care as much because he is so, there isn't as much of an iconic voice to him. He's just kind of a normal guy, you know, like the way yeah. I'm talking now wouldn't be an unacceptable Chris Pratt performance. Yeah. But like for me, like for Emmett, everything's kind of like, wow, this is awesome. Like we're going to go do this and hang out and yeah, like it's just kind of my voice, but a little more, there's a little extra something to it. And then Owen Grady, he's just kind of like, yeah, well, the dinosaurs, we got to go, you know, blue. And there's just kind of a twang. Um, and it's, it's a hard one because I didn't grow up with him. It's not like Marty McFly where I have his voice in gray. I got the audition and then I did it. And then someone went, you got it. And I went, okay, now I got to figure out how to (laughs) sustain this. Um, Which is always interesting when you don't have someone's voice ingrained into you. Like Tom Holland, I do a bunch of Tom Holland stuff and that's something that I had to like learn. It's not a straight up Marty McFly. It's it's this other kind of thing. I love that. It's funny because I'm bringing up Calm. I'm bringing up the app on my phone because I have it, but I haven't used it uh, on this new phone. So I'm trying to like remember my password. I think, I don't think you'll be able to, it was Australian for some reason. I remember them saying specifically it was for the Australian division of 
calm oh, so or there something. Is, it's not here. So it might be region locked or something. Like I don't really. Uh, that's, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna spend all this money to make Lego Calm app, right? Yeah, and it's, it's not even gonna be. Yeah, I can't see. I mean, it. it might be on there. I've never searched for it. There's so much stuff that I just go. I don't know where that is. Yeah, um, yeah. There's not. It doesn't seem. There's a Bob Ross impersonator. Oh, I, yeah, but that I could see. Right? Yeah, because it's just the guy going, yeah. like, happy trees, happy yeah. trees. I, uh, hey, here's a fun thing, by the way. And I don't know if you know this, AJ, but uh, aside from uh, the fact that we do the show, and if the people are listening for free, I love that. That's exciting. Uh, <laughs> if you are listening to this show for free, thank you. I uh, appreciate that. And uh, while you're here, uh, why don't you follow me and AJ on social media? AJ is at AJ Locasio, uh, L-O-C-A-S-C-I-O on the social medias. But if you are a patron and you sign up for the producer tier, uh, you can pay a little bit of extra money and I will literally uh, read your name out loud. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read a couple of names of some people that are supporters. We can talk about their names if you want, or we uh, can just bang sure. right through it. It's up to you. Well, I don't... Yeah, I mean... I don't. Yeah, go ahead. I will Why see not? what kind of how how we feel about these names. I'll tell you what. There's a lot of JHCF acronyms for the show for Jeff has cool friends, <laughs> and then sometimes there's like um, wars between different people in their comments. It can get great. Wow. Um, for example, we'd like to uh, shout out Aldo. I canceled my dating app subscription to use the money on Patreon Vargas. Good choice. Nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, shout out to Bauhaus. Nolan Void, Ricky Cilantro, Big Booty Boy, 42069. <laughs> Perfect. It's cool. Yeah, that's, that's me, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, I, that's I, me. I, yeah. Uh, shout out to the most well-prepared dead guy. Uh, jumping rope, still a sport. Jeff not liking it, still a fact. Uh, I do a show called Jeff, uh, You Don't Even Like Sports, which is for people that hate sports. I do people hate People love sports. to tell me that I don't like sports. <laughs> shout out to the bodacious, big, bad, bouncing, bollock bonanza. Okay. My tongue hurts from doing that. I ate three warheads the other night, and I still, my tongue still hurts. They're still doing warheads, huh? I Okay, so not to break this up, but I've been talking about this incessantly because I didn't realize this was even a thing. I was watching Unwrapped, which is, to me, the height of luxury. I love Mark Summers talking about, and this stuff. is how we make peanut brittle. Like, to me, that is the show when it comes to just, like, I'm going to unwind. So I put on the episode about warheads, and my girlfriend and I were like, do you want, I haven't had a warhead in like 20 years. Do you want to like, I'm going to go to CVS. I got to pick up other things. Like I'm going to go get some warheads. So I got the warheads extra sour. And I don't know if that's extra on top of how they're already sour. And I was like, well, let's try all the flavors. So I had three. And by the end of it, I was like, my tongue feels not good. Like I feel like I just yeah, had to get some canker sores or something. Like yeah. That. Uh, I feel like I had the hottest soup of my life. Um, the next day, my tongue was killing me all my taste buds were like inflamed it felt like someone just like stabbed my tongue a million times and i look at the back of the bag and it goes morning do not have more than two or it'll cause like tongue rashes and stuff and i was like what and so yeah everything you can imagine the last like four days like canker sore my tongue has been like completely destroyed my tongue just from having three so uh i do not advise it or Classic if you're brave warheads. no i do advise it uh, yeah go ahead give it a do shot four yeah, try four. I have never felt that kind of specific pain outside of like if you were to just chug boiling water would maybe be the closest you yeah. can get to it. Have you uh, have you watched the show Carnival Eats? No. You got to do that, man. Okay. Carnival Carn Eats. Is it a guy, guy eating goes carnival to different food? Carnivals and he shows all the cool shit people eat. Oh, man. And it is the closest thing to pornography on TV, <laughs> in my opinion. Because like watching it, it feels unnatural and like right. lustful. 
when you're watching them because it's there's no normal foods right 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 it's all we it's funny too because um I told my friend John from the the band Portugal the Man, I was like, you guys got to watch the show. It's great. You have to watch the show. And he became like super, like the family became addicted. <laughs> and now there, they became tight with the host. Oh, what? That's crazy. And they're going to like do an episode. Oh my God. And I'm kind of like, this feels like I'm getting skipped over on this. I feel like I should also be able to be yeah, a part of this episode. Yeah, you should be getting some of fine. that. Have some but of that love. fine. <laughs> but I was like, hey, I did this. Um, That's so funny. Anyway, sorry, you were, you were reading people's names, and then we'll I had get to tell there, you about. But this is all part of the. This is part of the journey. Well, good. Um, so, uh, shout out to Jennifer Fendelander at AV Foundry, Patrick Dore or Dore. I always f- that up, and I feel bad, but that just means I say your name more right once and wrong once. Oh, okay. Um, Bart Fartigan, Doctor Strange by Steve's dick, though. <laughs> oh no, that took me a second. Perfect. Steve did go. We get yes, it. Yes, I get it now. Yes, uh, Huey. Nerd numbers. Jeff has comely feet. Oh. See, J-H-C-F. Okay. That means my feet have come all over them. I don't like that. Uh, you do if the... <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is going to be a very censored episode for the freebies. Head on over to <laughs> patreon.com if you want to hear what I actually said just then. Um, Andrew, you don't even like Batman McGuire, because I do a Batman podcast. They mix them up. How many uh, podcasts Rudy do you Daft have? Pun- huh? How many podcasts do you have? Four to five, Four depending to on five? how regular. Wow. I do a monthly. I don't count the monthly. Uh, the monthly podcast, Ugg Fine with Kim Crawl, is a Patreon exclusive available only on mine and pa- uh, Kim's Patreons. I don't really count that because it's a monthly, but I do uh, four regular shows. Wow. Okay. I mean, it would be like somebody asking you how many voices you do and getting me like, this is weird. Like, this what is a weirdo. What I'm a f- weirdo, that's for sure. Well, I was just surprised. I wasn't weirded out by it so much as I was like, wait, there's a Batman one? Wait, there's a jump do, rope I one? I do Tom and Jeff watch Batman. Okay. Um, I do unpopular opinion, okay. which is the um, current, more current events thing. I do. You don't even like sports, <laughs> and I do. Jeff has cool friends. Okay. Jeff has cool friends is the one that I'm most aware of. That's the one. I mean, most people know about Unpops. I would say, like, Unpops is like the the one that's been around since 2013. Okay. So like people just and it started on Cracked, so that was pretty big. And then Tom and Jeff watch Batman, and then this show because this show kind of started on sideshow okay like this the a different version of this show started as sideshow sideshow and then when i left them i just took a long form interview concept and just brought it here and changed the i name. see okay um so i'd say those two and then you don't even like sports is a very it's very cult but the people that do listen to it are like this is my favorite podcast that's great yeah sure so they good. say that sure they do well it's it's i the way i put it is it's your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast <laughs> because I've had a lot of people that record shows and they're like, this is my favorite show and I cannot wait for you to put another episode out. That's adorable. Like I'll have people message me like, when's the next episode coming out? But That's great. my fan base doesn't like sports in general. Hence the name of the title. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I tried, I tried. My parents made me feel very guilty. They're like, what's the point of being athletic if you don't play any sports? Like I remember my mom saying that. And then I started teaching gymnastics and I was like, you know what? I feel good about this one. Like I, gymnastics is I'm making money teaching gymnastics. Like that's, get off me about sports. Cause yeah. I, sports in general, like gymnastics I liked because I liked X-Men and Spider-Man. And like, that was my real world way of, of being able to connect with that. Boy, did we that. pick two vastly different sports. 
<laughs> what did you oh, from boxing? our Is love that... of superheroes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did do. I always hated uh, any sort of martial art. Like my family made me do karate, uh, taekwondo specifically for until I got my Ooh, black the belt. useless one. Yeah, exactly. I did do some other stuff, but I, I just uh, I hated it so much, and because uh, it was pressure. You'd go, everything smelled like feet. You know, it was just like I just it was disgusting. I just hated the the you world know, of it. It's it's one of those things where I always tell people, I'm like, there is your sport. You just got to find it. And sometimes, like, I didn't dis- I didn't discover boxing until I was almost 19. It's it. I I totally agree with that. Uh, yeah. My girlfriend got really into aerial sports, like the um, not aerial sports, uh, aerial um, the, the thing with the fabrics, the, the fabrics silks. and yeah. silks and stuff, and what I, a bunch of spinny. Yeah, which to me, I don't understand. Like, I don't get it on any level. Um, like, she used to do tennis and stuff when she was younger, but she didn't really like it. And then something about this specifically just opened up a piece of her brain where she was like, I am so passionate about this. And she's like, come do it with me. And I'm like, I do not understand this on any level. But, like, I, you know, gymnastics to me was like, I did a flip. Spider-Man does flips. Like, that was, that oh, yeah, exhilarated cool. me. You know, like, oh, my God, I can do a front tuck. Like, that's what they do in comic books. So Yeah, that it, for me, it's just I can punch some that's what yeah, they yeah, do in yeah. comic books. Yeah, totally. No, I get that too. It also so, happened to be something that I discovered I was really good at. Yeah, that's important. Uh, is is no having that validation of like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. Ex, ex, uh, accelerates that yeah. desire to know more. There's a fun aspect to it. Um, so we have uh, Rudy Daft Punk has an anime Rueda. Hell yeah! Uh, Jeff hates competitive fun. <laughs> Perfect. That's a mix of two shows there. Goji, Gregorio is mentally preparing to fight Jeff in Mortal Kombat, but train him with him in Street Fighter. I uh, I did a tweet that I was, uh, I said, uh, I feel like I do pretty good at Mortal Kombat, but I would get my ass beat in Street Fighter. And a lot of people are like, why do you think that's the case? And I'm like, I don't know. People seem a lot slower in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I feel like I Mortal do Kombat, good at the stakes it. are much higher, though, because you'd be dead if you lose, whereas Street Fighter, they'd be like, all right, you did good. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm just saying. Just it, letting you know if I'm that ever comes I'm not saying I'd win Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you just do better. I would just do better. Like, I would okay. get my ass beat by anybody in Street Fighter 2. In Mortal Kombat, I could probably get through Striker, you know? Okay. Well, he's got a gun. He brought a right. gun. I'm going to be honest. I could probably take Sonya. All right. Not going to lie. Like, I get it. I, You know, <laughs> I'm a feminist, but also I probably weigh about 100 pounds more than her, you know? Right. Yeah. You, I mean, you're, you're, I, sure. She'd have a hard time, is what I'm saying. <laughs> She'd have, but, he, but then I mean, even I'd that's go up debatable. Against, yeah. But then I'd go up against like Cyrax, and I try to hit that son of a bitch in the head, and I just shatter my fist, and then he just wraps me up in a net and bombs me to death. You know, like a karate tournament would do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Odessan Molotov says, "Topple the patriarchy. Get today." Cool. Ooh, I wonder if that's going to make it through the, the censoring. <laughs> uh, Gerard Ruane, Farty Marty's nerd party. Grand glue-filled canyon. Hmm. I think that references the fact that um, I don't give a shit about the Grand Canyon, and I think it sucks. So you're saying they should fill it with glue? Who gives a <laughs> Can you imagine how much glue that would take? So many horses died to bring us this filled uh, so canyon. So many horses are already dead in the Grand Canyon. I guess that's mules, true. mules, anyway. Yeah. Uh, show me in the rules where it says a dog can't play basketball. Do you Is think that... they added that into the rules after those movies came after out? After Air Bud? Yeah. Yeah, is that has been explicitly written that no canine shall participate yeah. in the sport of men. Somebody tries bringing in like their like iguana. Yeah, just gets why not an ostrich? Could you broken. imagine? <laughs> oh yeah, 
Just a whole plethora of of, um, Swiss Family Robinson animals. Yeah, I was thinking of, what is it, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, where they play, like, football or something, where they have all the animals just killing each other. Anyway, sorry. That'd be so great if it was, like, show me in the rules where it says a tiger can't play basketball and he's just mauling everybody. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, perfect. Getting fouled. Yeah. He's fouled out. It's the fifth mauling. So nothing we could do, though. Uh, Gray man of the nightmare potluck. Everyone is welcome at the table. Jeff uses deep blue sea memes to break bad news. It's true. Tyler Wilgus asking seven. Uh, in the time since he changed his name on this document, Jezbud had a kid, got a new job, and got COVID. Wow. I hope you've a, gotten better. He hasn't changed week. his name since. I hope he did not die of COVID. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, you know, as long as, as long as the payment's recurring, though. I mean. Right, right. I hope you're better, Jez. Uh, Kimball, the casual Frankenstein. The target loss prevention officer currently hunting Jeff, parentheses, I shoplift M&Ms every time I go to Target. Is that a thing? Yeah. I did they it They haven't this caught you? They haven't no. caught you? No. I don't know if we could be associated with each other. I don't know I if I can be. I pay for I've... everything, and I consider that my tax. <laughs> That's Jeff. my fee to Target for giving them my money. All right, no comment. No comment. It's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to like it. You just have to accept that that's who I am. All right. Well noted. I won't be going to Target with you anytime soon. Accessory to theft. I mean, it's petty larceny. <laughs> uh, Stephen. Oh, Mr. Billy Beck. Cody Beck. Mike Gouts. Lisa McCarty at Comics Book Girl. Comics with an X. Girl with a U. Aeschylus and his tortoise. That is a reference to. One of the questions that I got wrong on the game show. The never-ending story? What is that? It, it's Greek mythology. Oh, okay. Ooh, Same thing. Dr. DNA. <laughs> How did you get here? In your blood. <laughs> I'm in your blood. <laughs> uh, Thor. Creature, feature. Creature, feet, Thor. That's a reference to uh, 80s strongman slash metal musician Thor. Oh, yes, I'm aware. Yes, okay. You are. Yes, I. there was a documentary about him somewhere there sh- recently. There sure yes. was. Yeah. And me and my friends watched it and then bought a bunch of his albums, and that's uh, how one of the albums starts. <sighs> wow. There was a guy we used to call Hercules in New York who, not the movie, not to be confused with the movie, who this guy looked like Hercules that I think they made a documentary about who would always walk with, like, like shirtless or with, like, the world's tiniest little shirt on 23rd Street. We'd always see him walking up and down, and I always wondered if he was maybe, like, an ex-metal or wrestler, and right. I don't know. But if you're someone who lives around 23rd in, like, Lexington, you would know this man. He looks like Hercules. He's uh, probably dead. Very possible. Probably, probably, probably hard exploded or whatever. Yeah. Pretty standard stuff at that point in time. Uh, shout out to that scene in Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt dies. Uh, I'm never going to have a history podcast, you little shit, So stop asking. Um, Instagram and Twitter's at Bob underscore of underscore skull. Sergeant Pepper's hot dog flavored water. Gross. Uh, Mackenzie Sisyphus may be happy, but he's into CrossFit. So chill. <laughs> Shout out to Mackenzie, who just was in New Orleans. I saw his photos. New Orleans during June. Oh, that's got to be a nightmare. New York, same thing. 
Yeah, when the trash heats up. Oh. Ugh. I went to New York to see a concert in Central Park on the hottest day of the year. It was like 108 <laughs> degrees. Ugh. And it smelled like baking garbage. Yeah, that's the... Honestly, I have like a bizarre affection for that smell because when I moved into my college dorm, they had just piles of trash in front of the dorm. And so the smell of it baking in the sun was gag-inducing. But every once in a while, I would go... When I go back to the city, would smell it and be like, oh, it reminds me of freshman year. Like, there's this very strange association. That, to me, is the smell of cow manure. Oh, interesting. Cow manure is a very comforting smell to me. You must love driving up north. Cow, cow manure, I never do, but I should. Yeah, cow manure, because I grew up on a farm. Mm, right. So like cow manure and like screening loam and stuff like that. So like the smell of cow manure is a weirdly comforting smell to me. <laughs> like it's upsetting. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Lemming Malloy, Norm from Cheers, Burrito Mouth, Dan Hackroyd. Hey, as long as we're bringing back Pepsi Blue, let's bring back the Bigfoot from Pizza Hut. <laughs> that's fair. I don't want to bring sure. anything back from Pizza Hut, but that's okay. I want to bring the uh, lamps. I want one of those lamps. Oh, the old Pizza Hut Tiffany's uh, lamp? Apparently there's one out here somewhere. I just saw someone posted that there's still an indoor Pizza Hut. It's like the last one in the country, and they still have the Tiffany's lamps. And I'm like, hmm. We should rob them. We just go and just go steal the lamps. Yeah, perfect. I'll treat it like a target. From M&M's to, to Tiffany lamps. Yeah. I'll see how much they want for it. Be like, listen, hey. I'll be like, look, man, I'll give you 200 bucks for that right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm doing with my game show money, just blowing it on the worst garbage in the world. Perfect. Um, everyone check out the 1994 comedy, Twin Sitters, the 90th movie ever made. Uh, shout out to Itty Bitty Millie Committee Pity the Fool That. Okay. Kelly says, get your booster, you gaslighting dip turds. Uh, shout out to that guy who played JJ in Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Bet you didn't know we had a celebrity on the show. Uh, Lisa Harden, Jessica Robertson, Silius Ruby, The Digital Phil, The Ghost of Dave Thomas, The Great Radvertising Scam, a Jeff May joint. It's not a scam. It's coming. If you listen to the podcast that I just released, I explained it. Shout out to Aaron Meyer. El Seldo is going to see the Grand Canyon no matter what Jeff says. <laughs> Congratulations. I brought it up on an episode of Unpopular Opinion and people people got interested about it. <laughs> uh, in Soviet Russia, we have cool Jeffs. It so, was me, Jeff. I've been giving you $10 a month since the beginning so you could afford more gas station Pop-Tarts, keeping you sluggish. Just slow enough for me to steal Christmas. Wow. Do you have a go-to, uh, whatchamacallit there? Like, gas station uh, snack? Travel snack? Oh, <laughs> gas station pop tarts are my Lorna sh Dune cookies. Lorna Dunes. Oh, yeah. so you're like a grandparent. Yeah, that's it's the weirdest one. But I yeah, for some reason, I I don't know how that came to be. I'll be like, oh, Lorna Dune, that's kind of low on sugar, but yet it's also a cookie and also tastes like nothing. Don't um, that's don't bother. Get a real I cookie know, if you're going to eat a yeah, cookie. Yeah, at that point, I should just get... I love Twix, but I'll always be like, no, I'll get Lorna Dunes. They're kind of like the... No, When you want a specific it. thing. You want it's something, not, I'm like, yeah. It's I want not tricks, a diet. That's not a I'll diet get. cookie, though. No, it's not. It's completely asinine. It, My choice silly, to get them It's the same dumb. amount of sugar mm -hmm. as like an Oreo or like it's all the same. But now I love them. Now I've, I have... Uh, oh, what's the LaCroix of cookies. It truly is. It just has the essence of flavor. Yeah, truly. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big gas station Pop-Tarts guy. Fantastic. I'm all for it. Chariot how many more, have. how many more patrons do you have? I got a couple. I'm, right. people like me. I mean, I'm glad. That's great. Yeah. This is awesome. I just wasn't expecting it. 
Yeah, no, it's it's a surprise. I forgot to tell you about that, and that's my dad. <laughs> Kronenberger really Meister Meisterberger. Oh. Where's Clawful? Being the character that I collect. Three Jacob Tremblays in a trench coat sneaking into an R-rated movie. Uh, shout out to Parker Aylesworth, who's not that tall. He has fake legs. I've worked with Parker Aylesworth on um, various TV shows. He is that tall. Uh, Christy Salinas, shout out to Kale's only true purposes at the Garnish, as the Garnish at a 1996 Pizza Hut buffet, to which we're going to go and we're going to rob. Yeah. Uh, at the Pajama Rye on Instagram for pictures of my feats of strength. Uh, verbose <laughs> minimalist, world's humblest man. Shout out to Adam Warlock. He wants your soul. Ass of bass. The local Perfect. man at Gavin underscore not with two T's. Jen, be earnest. Enjoy what you love. Nicholas, the producer, Fabian. Michael Wells, bitch, Squatch and Clippy are Jeff's coolest friends. Those are characters I used to do on a different podcast. All right. Shout out to Jeff may convince me to quit Twitter and you should quit too because it's awful. It is if awful. If I could, I would. And then uh, if I wake up with a caffeine withdrawal headache in the middle of the night, should I be drinking more energy drinks or fewer? Fewer. Yeah. Please, fewer. Your heart is going to explode. Yeah, you don't and then jocular, haggard, cantankerous fool. <laughs> uh, and if you want to be one of those names, all you got to do is head on over to patreon.com slash Jeff May. Sign up for the producer tier. It's, uh, it's still pretty cheap right now. I'm going to change it relatively soon. but uh, And you can do that. And that's fun. <laughs> and we have a good time dealing with that kind of shit. Um, now, uh, yeah, that it goes long. It goes a little long. I'm going to increase the price because I should probably cut down the number of the number of those. Right? That seems about correct. I, hey, I, you do your thing. I am. I did. I did. You did do your um, thing. So now uh, I want to talk a little bit more about um, Han Solo. Sure. I want to talk, talk about, about uh, you recently because you've been doing the character for you know several years. Yeah, which is pretty uh, surreal. Uh, yeah. But you've just recently gotten incredible shout outs in your performance that you've just been dealing with. In, um, and it's uh, Lego Star Wars. The Is it the Skywalker Saga? The Skywalker. It's always, I always forget the name because it's long. But yeah, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. Yeah, that's, that is the, I, I feel like the opus, <laughs> you know, unless something truly like they do a Han Solo series or something that I'm in, there's, this is like to get to replicate all the lines from the movies or a sizable amount of them is pretty, pretty nuts. So it was a, yeah. What's the difference between doing Han and older Han? Uh, about 30 something years of, uh, you know. So like, but, how, do you, um, how do you, how do you switch those up? So. Originally, so like my buddy, do you know Kiff Vandenhuvel? Uh, I don't. That's a name you mo that's a name you made up. It's a name I made up for sure. He's a little Dutch boy uh, that lives in my attic. Um, no, he's a buddy of mine who also does Harrison. And for the Forces of Destiny, he was older Han and I was younger Han. And so I was just like, cool, that's the way that is. Um, and then when I went in for Lego Star Wars, they just cast me as as younger younger as an original trilogy, Han. And then I asked, like, who are you guys getting? Because I was recommending Kiff. I was like, who are you guys getting for older Han? Like, is it Kiff? And they were like, we're not sure yet. And I was like, all right. And I was like, well, you should check out Kiff. And I was like, but also, if I, I'll, I'll give it a shot if you want me to. And they were like, okay. And at the time, I was like, I don't know if I could do this, but sure, I'll, I'll give it a try. Um, and the thing is, the difference between you know, young Hong, everything kind of, it's all in this register. Right, great, chewy, I don't know, fly casual. It's all, it's all not 
terribly different than my normal voice. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, who's scruffy looking? It's all pretty middle medium. But then older Han <laughs> requires a lot of vocal warm-ups and a lot of shouting and a lot of like, because he's got so, supposedly Harrison smokes. I don't know if that's true. Uh, he's, smokes he's, weed. Well, Every yeah. Day. That, that that might be it, and so there's there's thirty years of that texture, and also his energy level is so much lower. So for me, it's all it's all about getting to that. I don't know if I can do it now, but hey, kid, Chewy, we're home. There's that. Yeah. It's all in a different place. He's, that sounds like it was fighting the warhead source together. Yes, out. exactly. It was because he's. I mean, I would if I were to do Han, older Han now. I would again. I would do vocal warm ups, but like. Everything is so much further down, and it's all—it's all so much lower. Where he's—he's he's here when he's younger, and there's you know, and it's this—it's yeah. just Did a that, difference. Which one? That I'm assuming the old Han takes a lot more out of you after a session. Not necessarily. It just takes. There's more. Uh, there's there's just more to it. There's more texture to it. It's also a voice that I'm not as familiar with because I didn't grow up listening to old, you know, older Harrison Ford. I grew up listening to indie and, you know, yeah. uh, Deckard and all that stuff. And Because even, like, like thinking about Deckard's voiceover where he's like, you know, he's like, I didn't want to do it. And then I had, you know, he's he's yeah. in a totally different, in, you know, older Harrison doesn't do that voice at all. He no. never goes into that range now. So it's just, they're two different characters, essentially. So it's yeah. weird. It's he's got weird a very over it energy. Yeah, um, which there. works for Han. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's although it's it always it also seems to me that uh, Harrison Ford has always been over every character as soon as he got cast in it. Yeah, so like, why do you say we kill this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is going to be great is if you killed him at the end. It adds to his it adds to his performance because all his characters want to get out of there as soon as possible, basically. And you know, yeah, it's, it, it's very funny to me when when uh, spoiler alert episode seven when he dies, and I was just <laughs> like, good for him for getting what he finally wants. <laughs> He's been asking for that for years, so yeah, I felt that way too. Um, I know there's other stuff uh, that we want to talk about, um, but what I I'm going to talk about some stuff. We're going to, we have a little bit of bonus content afterwards, but, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little, I'm going to try to try to squeeze some gremlins juice out of you um, for, <laughs> yeah. uh, when we get there and we'll talk more about it. But uh, I want to talk about the spoops. Oh, okay. Sure. Because this is such a unique and w- it's such a weird thing that you're using as like a, a fun little supplemental income. I guess so. I mean, certainly doesn't feel like that as far as how I do it, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Is it it's not fun or the income isn't good? No, 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 it's fun. I just don't consider it in any capacity income because it's if I, I give away so many to friends and family where I'm like, please, I, I'm so thrilled that people want these, which is not I'm I'm horrible when it comes to money and business. So I'm I'm Oh, I'm same. Yeah, I'm learning that that's people are like you have to stop doing this, and I'm like, sorry. If I was rich, I would just give these to people. But um, yeah, spoops are this weird kind of. I've always wanted to have well for those who don't know because I mean I'm we know what they are but um they basically I wanted to make some sort of Halloween art uh, I was really inspired by this guy Pumpkin Rot who makes these giant lawn installations and will just make the like most gruesome scarecrow you've ever seen in your life and just leave it in a field in like you know, the middle of, in like Connecticut. And so people will drive by and be like, ah, there's a real dead body there. And I thought that was super awesome. I was like, I can't do anything like that, but I love making little sculptures. So I was like, let me try. I'll just make these little things. And so I made this little like pumpkin sculpture based on some designs I'd done in like college. And then I made like a little skull boy and stuff. And 
it was just something I had done for fun, and I left them up on my desk. And then when the show Voltron kind of took off and became big, I people saw— uh, You mean the Voltron Legendary Defender? Low John, low, yeah, Voltron Legendary Defender. Uh, a bunch of the fans saw the sculptures I had done and started asking. I don't remember if I posted them just kind of on a whim or if someone went through my Instagram, but it became a thing where people were like, how do I get these? How do I buy these? And I was like, you don't? I just made these? Like, There was a certain point where I was like, just try sculpting it. It's easy. Um, <laughs> which is a silly thing to say. Yeah, that's but, just um, do the thing I've just been do doing the thing. for quite some time. Yeah, whatever. So I, I, yeah, I was like, all right, enough people have asked. So like, let me see if I can cast a couple of these. And I'd never learned how to cast in any capacity. So I had to figure out from scratch, like, how do you cast and then make things in resin? And so I made like 14 of them and then they sold very fast. And then I was like, okay, interesting. Let me try making more. And so then I made 30 of them and they sold out really fast. And then it became like, this thing where people were calling them like, they're so spoopy, they're spoopy. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll call them spoops. So it just kind of like organically kind of became this weird little side thing where I was making, and then because I was being encouraged, I was like, okay, I'll try a different design. I was like, here's a ghost that's also a candy corn because I'm obsessed with candy corn. And um, here's- disgusting, by the way. Oh, I'm a a disgusting, disgusting person. Um, I love candy corn, even though eating more than like four pieces makes me very sick. But um, the taste of it, I love buttercream. So anything that's kind of in that, like the butterbeer at, at, uh, you know, Hogwarts. It's in the same family of sweetness where like your teeth hurt that's so sweet. But um, anyway. You're wrong. But anyway, continue. (laughs) I'm like, no. But anyway, My body, I get to choose what goes in it and it's going to be candy corn. You got all those up taste buds anyway. What do you know about It's true. My taste buds are all kinds of messed up now from those warheads. But uh, yeah, Spoops just became kind of this thing, this weird side thing. And I'm, you know, just continue to make these little uh, sculptures. And it used to be twice a year or three times a year I'd, I'd, sell them but now I'm making it like an annual thing we're around Halloween because I have now hundreds of them that I've made that I'm getting ready for sort of around September to uh to sell I guess and uh it's it's a very strange thing that I never thought I'd be doing is that one of those things where like you feel like you have to cast them yourself or would you ever like outsource it to somebody up until this point I was casting them myself but it yeah. got to the point where it was becoming both a health hazard and a, a just a hazard in general in my yeah. apartment and I was like okay I sculpt them I paint them I come up with the molds like and now I have someone else who just does the physical casting because Is you know local? I live in a what was that Is that local Yes 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 it's not I don't farm it out it's a local dude yeah. who's very very sweet and uh so it's he's just making them in his garage and uh yeah so that's kind of I had to hand it off because it was getting to a point where I was like, I'm going to kill one of us by accident. <laughs> yeah, chemicals. when you were describing it, because I, I listened to an interview where you were describing the process and I was like, that sounds awful. It's the worst. I mean, it's fine because it's it essentially comes down to like almost like making pancake batter where it's like you mix the things and then you pour it in and it becomes plastic. But like I'm doing it in my kitchen and I made hundreds of them in our kitchen and I'm like, yeah. this isn't this. I don't have the infrastructure to sustain this and I've got two little dogs and, yeah. you know, I don't this isn't safe. So I had to, you know, source it out uh, to someone who had the correct materials and respirators and all that stuff. Somebody that was good at it. Someone who's good at it, who knows what they're doing, which is, and again, that's only a recent thing that I was able to finally find someone to help me. How big are they? They're about the size of a a thumb, I guess. They're a couple, like three inches or so. So they're about the size of a hummingbird, I guess. What do they go for? Like 30 each-ish. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it's, I try to keep it as low as humanly possible, even yeah. though if I really did the math, it probably would be 
a lot more than that because the amount yeah. of, I mean, even just, I've been painting these little candles and I'm like, cool, that's two months of painting. You know, like I don't, I'm bad at factoring in what the actual cost is. I just like, a lot of people that buy them are very young. And so it's like $30 is a lot you know, for yes. something so small. You want so them I, to have access to it, but at the same yeah, time, you I, don't want to go broke trying to do that. Right. And so it's it's tough because I, you know, again, if I was a millionaire, I would just give them to people because I'm thrilled that people want them. So it's a weird, I have a hard time with money. <laughs> well, we'll put it, we'll put it this way because I'm very similar. The, the tiers on my Patreon, $5 is just listen to the shows. $10 is I'll say your name. And that's pretty low. That's low. That's a low amount. But I just like, I want it to be accessible and fun. And I feel guilty. I especially feel guilty now that I I want all that stupid money. Where did you win money? I don't know anything about this. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I I went, I was on a Netflix game show. Oh, I didn't see this. And I won like a quarter of a million dollars. Oh, uh, which is but not, taxes. Yeah, it's an eighth of a million dollars. In <laughs> yeah, reality. you guys, that's what people don't realize is like you go, it's like, wow, you won this much. And like I watch those like like Love Island or something where it's like you all compete for one eighth of a million dollars. And it's like, yeah, but the amount of money they're actually going to get is going to be astronomically lower than anyone Correct. could imagine. Yeah. yeah. I uh, So I had that and I, I bought a car. Which cost Congra- me like forty five, so in reality I have maybe no money <laughs> eighty grand. So and it's a non sustainable amount of money. It's it's not right. a renewable resource. So I have to be smart about how I'm continuing pushing my career forward. And at the same time, because I have this money in my bank account, I feel guilty. Like I feel guilty trying to make money when I have money. I, yeah, really, this is some, yeah, it's a weird thing. I feel that. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel that a hundred percent. Yeah. But at least yours is a tangible thing. There, yeah. And there was, I mean, look, I'll be honest. There was a time uh, right around, I think the beginning of people perceive it's like, oh, you're on a show. You must be doing well. That's not the case at all. You yeah. know, like, especially for animation and stuff like with Voltron, there was a year where I was living, you know, for sure Voltron check to Voltron check where there was a point where when I was selling spoops, any money I made was, or any money I had was through spoops. Like it was like, I have no, I can't even, it was around like Christmas where it was like, I can, can't even afford to buy groceries. Like it was so poor. And so when I was selling spoops, I was like, this is all I have, but I can't, you don't want to exude that or give that off. Cause there's this feel of, you know, fear of looking like a, you know, like what a loser, but Dude, um, yeah. I've only recently shared this with people, but there was about a three to four year period where I'd say five of my seven like meals of the, I would have like one meal of the day. It was a spoonful of peanut butter with a vitamin in it. Oh my God. And it was just, yeah, like a dog. Get them to take their pill. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, (laughs) I needed to find a way to survive. Yeah. And I was like, well, high protein, high fat, that'll keep me full. And then I would go various you know, if I was doing like open mics or something like that, I'd usually find, like I would, it was almost like, cause I was on the precipice of homelessness for a good three year period. Oh my God. Uh, and it was not, it was not easy. And no. yeah. So like, I, I'm only now just like, I'm, I'm about to fly my niece and nephew out here, um, with, you know, the, the money that I won and stuff and have them come visit. And the reason why they were like, Hey, we've always wanted to come out. And I was like, yeah, I couldn't have you out. Right. Like I was yeah. not in a position to do literally anything with you. Right. So you would have come out here and hung out in my apartment it's in the scary, valley. 
yeah, scary, weird feeling yeah. to, yeah, and to feel so inadequate, you know, is such a strange, horrible feeling where you're like, I don't know, you know, especially in the, I mean, it, the weird, uh, how do I say this, dissonance of being like on a stage and people like, hooray, you know, like at Voltron, it was like going to do a convention, people like, wow, great job, and I'm thinking about how hideously empty my bank account is, you know, like there's this... And we the, have to pretend it's all okay. It's like, yeah, I'm doing great. And meanwhile, yeah. I'm like, I can't afford a sandwich. Like, yeah, it's, there was, it was, yeah. There were times where I would just literally be like, you know what? I'm not okay. Like, it would be like, sometimes I would just break and say you, it. But, you have to at a certain point. Cause it's like, you're, you're lying about it and, and people don't realize, you know, yeah. and if you have people that care about you, they're, you know, they're going to go, oh, shit, I didn't realize, you know, like we need to how can we help or whatever? And I never want to accept any kind of help of any kind, but there Correct. are times where it's like, yeah, I, I, I can't afford anything. I can't afford to feed myself or my dogs or whatever it is. So yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that was Patreon. Right. You know, like that, that to me was, was a Patreon thing where it was like, I don't know what to do. Like I, I I'm, a, I'm asking for money, but then it's yeah. like, but I'm working and I'm good at this. Right. So in that regard, but yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I've ever shared it on this show before, but yeah, there was a good three to four year period where you might've been listening to shows that I was on folks where you didn't realize that I was like starving. Right. Um, and I would find ways to like basically sneak through and, you know, I ended up getting, uh, ironically, like I got a windfall when my grandfather died and I paid a friend back like I owed her like six grand because she helped me with my car. Oh my and she like yeah. cried when I paid her back because Aww. she just assumed that I was never going to pay it back because I would never be able to. So that's that so good. Yeah. That's a good way. And by the way, like this isn't to be like, oh, everybody, like if you're a perf in the performing arts in any way, like life is a nightmare. It's not. And my life is cool and I do cool shit, And money is just a small factor of these worlds. We, right. we do get to do what we love and we, you know, it would be easy to switch careers and get a job doing something that people might consider boring or mundane. I just didn't want to do that. I already had that. Yeah. I, I was, like it. yeah. Worked as an editor for a long time and yeah. was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. <laughs> right. Uh, so, and there's yeah. nothing, I mean, there's the kind of editing I was doing wasn't gratifying. I didn't go to, I, I learned editing as a skill, but I was editing like video game reviews and I was like, I can't, I'm losing my mind. Um, <laughs> and that might be someone's dream job. But for me, I was like, I'm so pent up and I was surrounded by people. It's funny. Some of my closest friends or a lot of them out here were born out of that job, but they were, I was also stuck with people that were some of the worst people or I was just yeah. like, I can't be here anymore. I'm going to go insane. Yeah, I mean, it sucks, but Hey, we're here hey. and we're doing it and we're, we're surviving so far. And that's awesome. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm going to let you go. Uh, for those of you that are patrons, stick around because I'm going to have a quick little talk with AJ. For those of you that aren't and are taking off because you're listening to a free episode, if you ever want to hear early uncensored episodes with bonus content, head on over to patreon.com slash Jeff May, where you could hear shows like Jeff Has Cool Friends, complete with the extended version and all that. You can also hear Ugg Fine with Kim Crawl and more coming. So that's exciting, right? Uh, check that out when you can. Uh, AJ, you got anything going on that we should tell people to look out for? Um, let's see. Uh, Gremlins, uh, Secrets of the Mogwai is coming out at some point. I don't know when. I don't know if they've announced it. Um, <laughs> yeah, just check out, I don't know, the pictures I post of my dogs on my Instagram or whatever. I don't really know what I plug. I don't remember what I'm working on. Crudes is a crude show that I'm working on, but that's mostly for 
kids, so that's fun. Uh, I don't know. Just go live just, your best life. Just, just go, go just, just go follow, do something follow else. Follow AJ and you don't live have your to do best that. life. Yeah, just, just go live your best life. Go do something fun. Stop get off Twitter. Twitter's a nightmare. <laughs> Even though I check it all the time, but like it's just doesn't do anything good for me. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, if you guys want to hear uh, more of this, obviously go to the Patreon. Uh, if you want to hear uh, other shows that I do, like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network, you can check out uh, Unpopular Opinion as well as You Don't Even Like Sports, both on the Unpops Network. Please do that. You can also check out Mint on Card, my live comedy show, which is the second Friday of every month at Blast from the Past on Magnolia in beautiful Burbank, California. Um, so our next show will be July 8th. That's very exciting. Uh, AJ, thanks for sticking around for the regular sode. Thank you, are, you for having me. Damn delight. I don't no. see you enough. No, uh, you I don't. Once a year at Jen's, at Jen's random yeah. gatherings. That's a, it. a random holiday gathering at Jen Muro's place. Yeah. Um, and that, that's all we need. Um, but uh, okay. I'm well, full after that. That's, yeah, a, right? that's a thing. Is I go, whoo, boy, that's enough social interaction for two years. Yeah. I'm kind of a lot. And I'm, not just I'm you. I just mean everyone in general. Yeah. And especially at a nerd party. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot, lot of, of energy. Last time we had to leave early because my girlfriend got apple poisoning. She Classic. <laughs> drank apples, which she's allergic. I shouldn't tell this to people because now, but she doesn't eat things from strangers anyway. But yeah, so we yeah, had to it's leave. It's not like she, there's like a political assassin going to take out your Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, I'm going to send her a bushel of apples. It's the, yeah. yeah. It's the wicked queen. <laughs> of Burbank. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Do your outro. My outro is just thanks. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. And then bye. Oh, bye. Bye. Hey everyone, our artwork is created by Justin T. Brown, who can be found at Artness by Justin Brown on Instagram, as well as artnessbyjustinbrown.com. That dope music you heard is by Troy Nababon, available at Troy Nababon on Instagram, as well as at troynababon.com. Nababon is spelled N-A-B-A-B-A-N, and boy does that shred. Thank you all so much for listening. See you next time.